not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Karen, horror death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week. Trust and welcome to Last Week on Earth. As a very, very special episode live on Fireside. I've been doing this podcast for 11 years. This is Ben Glee, by the way. It's 10 or 11. I've lost track. This podcast is typically on Kevin Smith's Modcast Network. But today, we are doing it live on Fireside. Hello, everybody. Yes, thank you so much for being with me. Um, if you're not familiar with this podcast, we've been doing it for a very long time. Uh, we cover everything that happened during the last week or so. We're going to probably go a little broader today. We have some amazing guests with me that will be joining me in a moment. Um, they are amazing comedians. I'll introduce them in a second. I'm afraid to say their names now because they'll unmute and start talking just slightly earlier than they're supposed to. So I'm going to say their names in a moment. <laughs> I think you know. Them. There is so much going on in the world from Afghanistan to the big story, freeing Britney, to... All oh no one laughed at that really it's too it's too serious people it's too intense people want Britney <laughs> it is no laughing matter of people I get that to the Bachelorette J Lo and Ben Affleck are back together there's some big bats news coming out a very strange roller coaster a dishonest study on dishonesty we have all of it coming to you on this last week on Earth Plus we'll be taking your comments and questions on a particular question we give you later to hear your comments on and then taking your questions on whatever it is that you would like to know and ask any of us. But without further ado, let me introduce to you all my first guest. You know this man from his absolutely fire stand-up comedy career. This man has been a friend of mine for a very long time. He tours the planet with his stand-up He's done movies, he's written and made movies that he was then in, but perhaps most notably, he and I pranked David Beckham together on The Late Late Show with James Corden. Please welcome, from a hotel room somewhere, I don't even know where, Maz Jobrani, everybody. Hi, 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 hello. How's that? How's that? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This is this is this is all, you know, we're making it work. Look, now it's kind of <laughs> sexy. We almost thought whether or not you're wearing pants. So I'm glad you stopped just that. <laughs> you know that would have been that's exactly the problem with No, I I got pants. I got pants. 
as we say in Spanish, pantalones. Hey. Let's go, Ben. Last week tonight. I mean, last, or you know what I'm saying. For the record, they took my name. My, my podcast existed a good four years before that show came out. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking my name structure. And also for the record, I am not wearing pants. I won't be getting up at all. Ben. Yeah. Um, you, your lighting is much better than mine. Listen, if you're not wearing pants, I mean, that's the, that's where this gets exciting. Well, how's that? That's the way, But you getting up without your pants would really, that would make news. It would. It would. A lot of things that we're doing this week are making news. What? Where in the world are you? Are you in Florida? I'm in the. I'm in the Berkshires. The Berkshires, as I say, Berkshires. The Ber- The Berkshires. Berkshires. How do you say Berkshires? You know what I'm saying. I don't know. Are you? You're are you Jewish, aren't you? Couch. No. This is. This is yeah, where like Jewish. the no like the older Jewish folks come to the. They go to the Catskills and they go to the Berkshires. That's All what they right. tell me. I asked the people here. I said, "What are you known for?" They said older Jewish people. This is I'm in Lenox, <laughs> Lenox, Massachusetts. Um, there's a place called uh, Tangle Tanglewood. It's a big outdoor theater, and I'm doing uh, Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. We're recording it tonight, so I'm covering this week's news with you, and then I'm going to cover it with them later tonight, outdoors live. Love that. Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's such a fun show. They gamify the news, which has already been gamified by our news network. So they're just formalizing it, really. Yes, you're right. You're right. Now I'm excited. I, uh, I'm so I, I uh, this is my first time doing uh, Fireside. You are officially my first, Ben. I love that. I was that's always been my dream, Maz. So before I bring our, our second guest on, Katrina Davis, who will be joining us shortly, I just wanted to. Oh, I forgot you were bald for a second until you just pulled that head off. Well, this is uh, this this section is sponsored by Kings Road Kings Road Cafe. Actually, it's not sponsored by anybody, but I love this coffee. If anybody, they don't get, they don't give me any, they don't even give me a discount. But still, <laughs> best coffee in LA, Kings Road Cafe. That's just a pretty saying. damn good spot for sure. So, Maz, uh, I wanted to talk to you solo about you know our maybe our most intense moment of our friendship. You and I were hired by the Late Late Show with James Corden to prank David Beckham. The premise of the bit, for those who did not see it, was that David Beckham, soccer great, was to and very good-looking man, was to get a statue unveiled of himself at the LA Galaxy Arena in LA for all of his years with the team, of which I saw zero games. And James Corden had a very unattractive statue, very unflattering, made of Beckham. And they hired me to be just like a high roller uh, who was there, supposed to be at the stadium as a VIP to meet him backstage and mess with him and make him very annoyed. And then you were the – you had the hard acting job. You were the sculptor who had done this horrible statue who he had actually met about seven months earlier on a night when he would, had done some drinking. So they were pretty sure they wouldn't remember what you looked like. They put a wig on you, and how did the rest of it unfold for you? Well, first of all, you kept calling him. What'd you call him, Dave? You kept calling him Dave, and he kept saying, "No, it's David." Yeah, that was he funny. Not like and, being called Dave, so I kept calling him Dave. And then, and then you kept saying you're a big fan of Manchester City, even though he's with Manchester United. It was all right. I was trying Christian to get buttons. beaten up by a man much stronger than myself. Yes. Yeah, and my thing, this was what was interesting for me. So people should go see this prank. All you got to do is go to YouTube, put David Beckham prank, it comes up. And 
I guess the people at the Late Late Show, when you look at this sculptor, this guy is this guy with uh, like a big head of white hair. And I think he's Israeli. And somebody at Late Late Show must have seen the guy and been like, you know who this guy looks like? Looks like Maz Jobrani with hair. Because when they put a wig on me, I look like the guy. And it was enough where Beckham actually believed that I was the guy. And then it was just fun from there. You pulled it off so well. Um, he, We unveiled the statue, pulled the, cur- the curtain off the statue and the drape off of it. And it was so unattractive. The face was bug-eyed. The, he had the biggest booty possible for David Beckham. I mean, it, it didn't look like his body. It just looked very strange. He had a, he had a Jay Leno chin. And That's then right. the booty oh, was... Chin. What's that? He had a great Jay Leno chin. That's correct. Go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the butt, everything, everything, everything was pulled a little bit. And so, like, for me, as as we were messing around, he was, you know, because once he first sees it, he really thinks that's the statue. And he's going and you can see he's bothered. And he's like, this doesn't look like me. And I'm, I'm trying to tell him, uh, no, it actually it's, it's you in motion. That was so a funny I, one. That was the funny one. I tried one. to <laughs> catch you You're in motion. And the key. Beckham, and he's. He's staring at this horrible statue, and he goes, but it doesn't look like me. And you go, you pause, and you go, no, but it looks like you in motion. And he looked at you like you were insane. It made me almost laugh out loud during the bit. But here's the key, because I'd never done any of these pranks like this before. And I think the key was to not go too – you didn't want to go too over the top to reveal – so you wanted to make it just just enough. Because if if I started saying things like, you know – Whatever I, I, you know, Turner, you know, you do have a big ass or whatever. I said it, it, it was a fine line to, to 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 cross, and he was a he was a good sport, so it was a lot of fun, and it got millions and millions of hits. But I I gained zero followers on social media. Nobody knows it was us, Ben. We were just a couple of guys. Yes, it's the hardest thing to gain followers on social, and and perhaps the most humbling because I've I had. Tons of experience doing Hidden Camera. In fact, did a very intense one this week at Basilico's, the anti-vax restaurant. We'll talk about that in a minute when Katrina joins us. And I had my mask ripped off my face. It was very intense. But that Hidden Camera was a lighthearted one with Beckham. And just another humbling moment in this business was I I, uh, showed up on the set at like 5 a.m. at this place at the Galaxy Stadium. And I brought all these disguised glasses to wear and like hats and different things. And I said to the producer, like, since I'm a public figure and I've been on TV a lot over the years, um, I brought these costumes in case so I put on just to make sure he doesn't recognize me. And she looks me dead in the eye and she goes, I wouldn't worry about it. (laughs) Very humbling. Well, you know what's funny is, Ben, people also like see that. I've had I've had a few people see that and they'd be like, "Listen, um, I'm wondering. Uh, I'm trying to invite David Beckham to a dinner at my restaurant. <laughs> Do you have his number? Could you give?" I'm like, "No, I was some guy with a wig <laughs> that punked him. I don't have David Beckham's number. What are you talking about? It's so crazy. He would not acknowledge our existence <laughs> if we met him in life. But we are about to acknowledge the existence of another one of my favorite comedians." Um, just so you know in advance, we can only have two people on video at once, so we'll, you'll be able to hear her, and we will uh, be spotlighting people on video as appropriate between the three of us. Uh, but she is hilarious. She, I met her as a regular on the Social Distancing Social Club, this show that I do online. 
three or four times a week during the pandemic. She's an amazing comedian. She just taped her first special in New York. She is brilliant. She is fantastic. Please give a very warm Last Week on Earth welcome to Katrina Davis, everybody. Katrina. I hear you very low. Hold on. What about now? Is that better? Great deal better. Yes, indeed. Your, your, your lighting is too bright. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's say hi and, and, and show you for a moment. It'll be popped on. Uh, we'll be popping between the two of you on video, and sometimes okay. I'll be dropping off if the two of you are talking, but we need to see what Katrina looks like. Oh, I'm okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I wasn't close. I was like, am I going to be creepily close so you can hear me? But hello. 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 I don't Hi. see you yet. Did oh, you accept the request good. for, did you accept the request for, for video? I accepted it, but I didn't turn it on and I'm going to use this opportunity to clean my eye boogers. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Everybody let her know. <laughs> let her know. There we go. And my smoke detector. We're both very happy to be here. <laughs> How are you doing, my friend? Good. Love it, love it, love it. So you just taped your first special. What was the experience like? Um, it was really fun. I I feel bad because a lot of my uh, comic friends have been like, what was it like? And I'm like, it was fun. But I danced my whole life growing up. So in terms of like getting ready for something or being backstage or hitting cues or redoing things, like all that was uh, kind of felt similar to being when you're like really little and it's really exciting to just like be in something so official. And then the taping itself was amazing. A bunch of my friends came. It was in, um, it was a part of Tribeca Film Festival with Comedy Dynamics. So like a bunch of my friends came and then there were also just like random people on the street. So there were apps and I was the 1030 show. So there were absolutely um, old men asleep in the front row while I take my special. <laughs> but that was also, but it was humbling. It was humbling in a great way because their eyes would be completely closed. But then every once in a while I would look over and they would go. <laughs> and so I laugh asleep. So I'm excited to see this special when it comes out. I hope some of them made the B-roll. <laughs> yes, I hope that you cut to them in the audience during like a great joke, during the laughter, you just cut to a dude. <laughs> just like a lovely, it's always like a lovely older black couple and like a lady that reminds me of my mom. So I don't rust, roast her because I'm like, mm, she deserves to rest. <laughs> I just uh, love your analogy because I've been doing stand-up for 20 years and I often compare it to dance. That's what I think it's most like. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with some of the craziness here, if we can. We're going to start first with the big story, Free and Britney. It's the story in everybody's mind. Maz, of course, jump in as well. Uh, to our producers, please feel free and spotlight the video as you see appropriate. Um, Britney is finally getting her moment, we hope, maybe. I mean, her father was just... Just agreed to step down as conservator of her conservatorship, and that's one step closer to her gaining her freedom. Yet she is posting some pretty bonker stuff on social media, not helping her case. Thoughts, please. I mean, I feel like we're in a place where even people that are her fans are, I don't know, it's like, there's so much teetering here that it's like, should this person be in charge of an another full grown adult? Clearly not. But like, 
we also i feel like you can only get like one click into a problem that we have as a nation before you're like okay but in <laughs> because like then it's gonna be like okay so now everyone's just going to what watch her like burn things down and have no one around with a fire extinguisher to put her at put it out because like she's been wild like that is going to continue to happen so i am kind of wondering about what safety net we have in place of a cage you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> I just, None of us are in favor of ca of caging, Brittany. I think that's a very strong point, but we do need something. Maz, your thoughts, please expand. I, I listen. I think we can. We could. We could have judged Brittany if the rest of the country were sane. There's clearly a lot of crazy people <laughs> with a lot of you know more than kids. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is in Congress. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Jim Jordan, uh, you know, there's a lot of crazy. Just look at any video that we see of these people going to the anti-mask, uh, you know, city council meetings. And there was some lady who was talking about kids shouldn't wear masks in schools because um, if they wear masks, it's a first step towards concentration camp. I was watching it and I'm going, what the hell? Where's she getting her information? Number one. Number two, I realized we have a major mental health problem in this country. So Britney Spears is kind of par for course at this point. If she's got mental problems, you know, she's just a she's just a person with money now with mental problems. And there's plenty of those as well. So I, 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 I think, hey, I'm here. Oh, look at that. Three people. I uh oh, no. oh oh for just for a second just for a second we look we look so good but yeah um I, I she's who are we there's a lot of other people to deal with before we get to Britney so yes. yeah yeah I mean I, I, I worry for the children but yes that's a very strong point that's a very strong point I don't understand how. I don't understand how it is that we determine out of the entire bonkers nation and the things we witness every day online that she's the problem, that she's the one that can't be a responsible adult. It's oh, bonkers. Well, I think the algorithm does, but I think that, like Ma said, she's indicative of a way bigger problem, but she's one of the ones with more followers. So then that automatically just magnifies everything that she's doing to either be used as an example when people do or don't want or dismiss her or laugh at her or whatever that looks like. And I'm just concerned at what that does to an already sensitive state on a mass scale. Like I've seen girls that I went to high school with, you know what I mean? Do worse when they get bullied. And so the idea of no one being around is like, that's when my next thought is like, we don't have the things in place to take care of people. But yeah, Matt said, it's like, everyone's going through that. <laughs> yes, it's true. And just by the way, I invited some of you on stage to join us, to be some of our actual human audience too, to add to the laughter and applause as you see fit, just FYI. Um, and again, we'll come to more of you later for some actual questions and comments. But I think, She's not helping her case. I think she's finally feeling so loved and such attention that she feels she has the ear of the of the world. And she's posting topless videos, dancing videos and topless photos every day on her Instagram. <laughs> so, Wait, there's topless photos I haven't seen. There's topless photos? It's just, 
Correct. So here's my other piece of advice to anybody who's at a place where they can afford to get someone to help them manage their social media. Get someone who's just yeah. if you're the, the 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 wilder you are, the more free of soul you are, the more buttoned up person you want. Like she should get an accountant to run her social media. <laughs> And that way she'd be like, look, I'm thinking of going topless. And the accountant's like, well, how about you go fully cloth, like top to bottom, <laughs> you know, and then they negotiate somewhere in the middle. We get yeah. a bikini picture. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I do fully get it. If there's I, I, I know someone who's available for the job too. her father is newly available. So maybe she should consider that. <laughs> Hire the dad. Hire the dad. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move on to another topic here. Um, Afghanistan and the shit show of our exit. Um, as I joked the other day on our show at Nowhere Comedy Club, uh, the only person with worse pullout game than the U.S. is Nick Cannon. I mean, we messed this up. Uh, uh. We messed it up. <laughs> it's always good after there's a ton of like crowd laughter to hear just one. <laughs> that was me. I, I thought that was funny. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I, and I and I did it the way comedians do. Comedians will be in the back. Go, ha, that's funny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we have created kind of a shit show here. Um, we are pulling out seemingly without much planning, which you think 20 years into a war, you'd figure out at least a piece of paper's worth of plan, how to get out of there in some seamless way that takes care of your citizens, takes care of your allies, those that have helped you defeat the Taliban over the years, which we also have not done. They are in charge more officially than ever now, stronger than ever, running the place. What did we do wrong? How can we fix this? Well, since I'm on the screen, I'll, I'll speak, and then Katrina, I'll, I'll, I'll jump off and you can come on. But I look, it's been 20 years in the making. I've always been against war with these other countries because in the end who wins it's the contractors it's the 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 multinationals it's the eric princes of the world it's the dick cheney's of the world. these guys made a ton of money they sold all this stuff you know they get the money they pay for it they sell all their all their weapons and what have you and i've been listening to a lot of stuff and it's not listen biden messed up big time with the way he pulled out however it was a buildup of mistakes all the way up including Trump's negotiation and freeing 5,000 Taliban fighters from jails, keeping the, uh, the, the, the Afghan government out of the negotiations last year. It's been one thing after the next, failure free, after failure. And freeing the, current, the new president now of Afghanistan, the Taliban yeah. leader from jail as well, yeah. who I, I feel like was a pretty unnecessary move as well. So all of that. So all of that. It's just we as, as Americans need to we, – we, we're so quick – to go, yeah, your war, get them, get the towel heads, yes. When really, the fact is, there's history. There's, uh, um, you know, the the British were there, the Russians were there. Maybe, maybe the the country doesn't want us to tell them how to be. Maybe there's another, you know, there's there's other ways of helping democracy thrive in these places and. Right now, my heart goes out to the to, to the women and, and, and girls of that country. And and, you know, we got to get out as many people as we can. And we got to make sure these same people who are criticizing Biden right now are going, you mess it up, you mess it up. And then they're turning around in the next sentence and going, oh, don't let the Afghans come here. Well, those are the Afghans that helped us. So those are the people who sacrificed their lives. We have 
it, that kind of stuff just pisses me off, including Trump saying, oh, there's a bunch of terrorists coming. Terrorists are your followers, you jackass. Yeah. So that anyway, all that that's fund into terrorism. One one last point I'll make before I and I'll, and I'll stop talking is there's been a lot of heartbreaking videos coming out. But there's also been I saw one video that was sad and comical at the same time. It was a group of Taliban who discovered this gym that I guess was on an Air Force base or something. So, you know, Americans were all about getting yoked and working out. These guys were on like the, they were on the elliptical machine and they're laughing. They're like, ha ha ha. And they're trying to lift the weights. They're all like scrawny. And you go, oh my God, we gave them even, we even gave them gym equipment. We left all that shit for them. It's crazy. And they didn't know how to use it. They'd never used machines like this. So they were like, almost like choking themselves with the pull down lap bar. And it was a mess. Katrina, what are your thoughts here? Oh my Uh, gosh. I mean, other than the fact that their cores are just getting stronger by day by day now, um, I mean, I think that even when I saw like the first pictures, like you were saying of the Taliban, like just full on like taking over uh, and just like being in those very official places immediately, I was like, well, this is technically uh, some of the more American shit, like this is on par, like I just saw this happen at our capital, capital. like this is on par with what we're doing right now, apparently, or letting happen. Like I wasn't super, there were like very visual, obvious parallels where I was like, oh yeah, we're letting ish go wild, like whenever it is or isn't. Like you were saying, uh, Maz, like important to people for the real reasons that we probably went there to begin with whether or not because like you were saying like even if those were our actual goals we clearly aren't that good at teaching it if it took us two decades to not do it so like and i was thinking on some like super ab like more abstract like pretend stuff but it was like even if we were going to accept the what we would say um just existence of people who want people to live in another way and just create a territory that was American protected for all of the women that are now fleeing and trying to like now having to rebuild these lives and stuff. If we had created a territory where America was just constantly paying to protect these women, that would be something that like, even if you love war, that's more economically sustainable war. Like they didn't even do war right. So I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of things that like look horrible to us on the surface, but to like you were saying, Maz, the people that have already walked away with their money, like this is probably exactly how they planned on it going, unfortunately. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't care. Like, like you were saying, there was no plan because they were like, yeah, I don't care about the plan. I'm counting like what plan? I'm done with They wanted people. it. They wanted it going as long as possible and and I assure you with all of the people that are stranded there are allies and American citizens and women and girls that are about to be oppressed by this horrible uh terrorist and terrorist affiliated regime, they all the contractors are getting out just fine. They all got their plane ticket secured. They're getting out, no problem. And uh, that just speaks to the larger problem. And it also speaks perfectly, this whole situation, to what the issue is right now in this country with our not only lack of priorities, but lack of, of compassion, lack of actually getting things done. 
or having policies that benefit really anyone. We waste over $2 trillion. I mean, it was hundreds of millions a day. $2 trillion, oh, it was like five millions a day, five million a day, rather. $2 trillion plus dollars on net gain zero. I mean, our goal was to get rid of Osama bin Laden, which we did in Pakistan, not in Afghanistan, in like 2000 and I don't know when that was, 2005 or something, a very, or no, 2009, maybe under Obama. It was a very, very long time ago and was not necessary to have a ground war to do so. And at the same time, it also speaks to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds because I feel our, our government is so inefficient and so wasteful and so um, always caring about the old ways of doing things and not evolving and not taking care of the people who are truly at risk and not prioritizing spending our treasure and in, in our, our resources in ways that can help the most people, but instead just doing it to help prop up the military-industrial complex further. But at the same time, I still feel as though the Democrats in power right now have the compassionate side, and the Republicans pretend to. You alluded to it beautifully, Maz. I mean, it's insane that they use the opportunity to attack Biden for pulling out when it was Granted, not done well by him for sure, but also balls that were put in motion by Trump and an, a, a pullout date that was set by Trump, even though he said he never le- liked to set dates of when he would pull out and also didn't in his personal life do that very well. And um, he finally kind of ham- hamstrings uh, Biden's arms. Biden has to get out. It's a no-win situation. He finally gets out. And the Republicans use it to attack him, say it's a disgrace. These human beings that are stranded, these women and girls are stranded. And the second that we say, okay, let's bring them here. Let's allow them to be refugees in America. It's like, oh, no, they're terrorists. And we need to vet them and not let them in. And let's reinstall the uh, the uh, Remain in Mexico plan for Mexican immigrants that are trying to come in here, to, or Mexican and anybody from Central America and South America seeking asylum from these terrible, violent places, and the compassion goes out the window. It's only – everything is for political points these days. Well, I think – I think first of all, to Katrina's point, I think if you look at any honest any honest politician or contractor throughout these past 20 years, if you'd ask them, oh, uh, what's the future of Afghanistan? They would have said, as Katrina said, they would have been like, I don't care. I'm making my money. I'm getting out because there was no point where Kabul was going to become Amsterdam. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Not for the next three, four hundred years. It's got to come from within. Right. And and we can only do so much in terms of hoping and pushing. And really, from what I've been reading, one of the ways to possibly come out with some sort of political solution would have been to include the Afghan government with the Taliban in forming a government. And that's what, again, going back to the negotiations, Trump and Mike Pompeo famously didn't even include the Afghan government. There's a great clip going around with a congressman, um, I believe, I forget, I think out of Texas, who's questioning Mike Pompeo about the negotiations. And Pompeo is just being really coy about it. And he's going, oh, we got it. Don't worry about it. And then the, the congressman goes, but are, is the Afghan government involved? And Pompeo's going, oh, we're, we're filling them in on what we're doing. And the, this, this congressman, this is last year or two years ago, famously he says, he goes, don't you think that what you guys are doing by not including the Afghan government in these negotiations is going to lead to a disaster when we leave? And Pompeo kind of goes, don't worry about it. We got it. So the problem right now with my Laughed Republican. Laughed in his face. Laughed in his yeah. face. Laughing in his face. So the problem with my Republican friends is they they have very short they're very short sighted and they tend to just go oh here this is this is what happened 
your guy Biden made the Biden's it's Biden's fault, right? I think the sep- opposite Democrats tend to go, it's Biden's fault, and we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna criticize him as well. And the Republicans don't do that when their guy makes a mistake. We're not going to we're not going to we're just going to politically speak. It's a Mitch McConnell way of saying, no, no, no mistakes. January 6th. We don't want a commission. Let's just move forward. Whereas the. So what I say is I say the Republican, the Republican way of doing it is it's the Eddie Murphy wasn't me. Remember the Eddie Murphy or Shaggy wasn't me. Wasn't me. And the shower wasn't me. It's all the wasn't me. If you really want to look at this, who got us into the war in the first place? George Bush, Republican president. So that's what got us going. The only person that voted against this whole thing was Barbara Lee back when it was happening. And she said, let's just step back and think about what we're about to do. And everybody else was sold on. Let's go. Let's go get in Afghanistan. No big strategy after that. And And after that... after that, you can go on and say, listen, I'm, I'm open to saying, yes, you know, Obama has fault. Uh, uh, Trump has fault. Biden has fault. But we need to say all of them have fault. But I think what happens is a lot of my Republican friends want to go, no, see, Biden was you see, Biden's a pussy. You see, I told you, man, he messed it all up. I go, dude, there's a history here. Open your eyes a little bit. It, everything's just about political points. And I mean, to really have some sense of history and go all the way back who armed the Mujahideen in the first place trying to get Russia out of Afghanistan? Right. Boom. There you go. So this goes back. This goes far back. And we created the problem that we are now trying to to solve. And uh, it's very hard to do it in the same way over and over again. So at least we're finally getting out of there. I think that's a good decision. We had to get out of there a long time ago. And hopefully we at least keep enough of our resources focused on the humanitarian efforts to save as many people as we can who are in desperate need of it. And then we can uh, move on to making other mistakes here at home, like like like, yes. God, like God intended. So that said, <laughs> move on to a, let's move on to another um, very important topic here. This has been a very up and down week for OnlyFans, my friends. It has been all over the map. This is a very very intense one. Uh, OnlyFans decided, even though they are a website. Entirely and predominantly made initially for influencers and uh, sex worker type influencers to have a place to shop their wares, quite literally, something that is important in this world. I mean, it's enough, in my opinion, of us ignoring the fact that we, so many of us, I mean, by the millions and millions and millions in this country and in this planet, by the billions, indulge in some sort of pornography, some sort of Sex work is something that we enjoy and benefit from in our lives, but then pretend we, we don't and ever talk about it. So sex work is work that is real work and it needs to be protected. And OnlyFans created a safe haven, created a place where people can make money safely and not have to go to people's homes, not have to dance at the clubs. And they decide to just ban it because they're blowing up so much that they wanted to go mainstream and be able to attract more money from investors, even though they already have billions and billions of dollars coming into their platform. It is unreal how much money is coming in they pay out 300 million a month just to content creators per month large positive cash flow um it's insane the amount of money coming into this platform uh north of two million a month being made by each of their top 10 earners two million a month five billion dollar annual revenue and that's not enough because the greed keeps going and going and going they have to expand beyond it they decide that they're not going to allow explicit content anymore and then I don't know if you heard the story yet. Just last night, reversed course. The porn is back. 
<laughs> the porn is back. <laughs> so they have reverse course. They will allow it again. Um, I think it makes sense. To, I don't know who it, who who thought that OnlyFans would become a bigger platform just for the interface. Who was like, forget the titties. It's the interface that I love. It's the it's clean interface. I think they just ran the numbers again. Like, I'm... <laughs> Legit, just like imagining an old 20s accountant with like a ticker tape and low glasses being like, I was all wrong. Like, there's no way. <laughs> Turns out porn is profitable. Who knew? Yeah. Like, what? Why did you think that you were going to make that just to like you said, it's just greed and cockiness that you thought you were going to make more off of what? Like everyone on SoundCloud? What's wrong <laughs> with you? That was such a bad move. It is wild. And and that's why I have Moz here today. We all know Moz uh, is one of the top users of OnlyFans, subscribes to everyone's pages. Moz, tell yes. us from inside. What does it feel like? Listen, uh, I was so happy that I can finally uh, pay to see porn. <laughs> Isn't it free online? I think uh, it is. That's a strong point. Um, they need more, Moz. They've watched it all. Well, here's the, here, first of all, first of all, I don't like you guys have been saying who was in that board meeting. Is it I mean, I can only assume I can only assume that like a Pat Robertson type of person got into someone's ears at OnlyFans and was like, you're going to burn in hell. And whoever this person was, was like, OK, no more porn, because everyone that's in like non-porn uh, uh, websites is thinking to themselves, gosh, if I could only find a way to make the porn money. Um, without having to get naked. And so they went backwards, so stupid, and they went this way. Listen, here's the point, Ben. You and I, we've been doing comedy. Katrina, we do, we do stand-up. All of us, we do stand-up. And as stand-ups, we're always looking for something that's viral, an idea. What's the next billion-dollar idea? And I think, possibly, Ben, only farts. Hear me out on this. Oh Hear God. me. It's a page with different ways of you you hear the fart you you understand what i'm saying maybe somebody shows their butthole with the fart actually coming out fire from i mean i think there's i think there's a yes 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 and if we can if we can figure out a way for the smell to come out in persian it would be only goose or only choice goose and choice so those are so yeah ben just so you know ben and katrina in Persian, we have two words for fart. Guz is when it makes a sound. Chos is when it's quiet. So what I'm saying is we you can, can definitely... for SBD. I love it. But, well, yeah. So <laughs> what, what, what but deadly, yes. Silent but deadly. That's chos. Chos is silent. Kind of like the, uh, the, the hundreds of words for snow that the Eskimos have. That's a beautiful mm. thing, Maz. Well, well that's done. That's what I'm saying. So, and, and also that's the beauty of what uh, uh, Ariel just said. We can then parlay this into other languages only farts only choice only you know, whatever else you say in different languages i'm just I, saying putting I this think, out there right now i think the company should should keep itself called only fans but they should just start featuring sexy scantily clad lingerie wearing fans ceiling fans wall units <laughs> i would like to see hot looking wall units that's my personal what you said about the uh pat robertson type maybe it was a mitch mcconnell type because 
he's so boring and he talks in this monotone and he hardly does anything to help people out except block everything in the city. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for that great point person who's speaking who I don't know who it is and didn't ask to speak. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Matt, I just think that there is an already an OnlyFans page with only farts on it. There's got to be. There's got to be. Definitely. There's a whole category of that on there. <laughs> that is probably the case. I just think it's great that we are back with letting people be themselves. I think the more we can make moves to allow people to let their freak flags fly, to let them do what they want, be who they are, the less judgment we have in our society, the more actual freedom, not fake presentational freedom, the better we all will be able to get along. We have to live and let live. But also to do that, we have to let people live and we have to protect people um, from deadly viruses. Bring me to our next topic. I don't want to get too lost in this, but obviously we're in the midst still of this pandemic. We're in the midst of a resurgence now because people refuse to wear masks now and refuse to be vaccinated. Um, I went and did a hidden camera piece at, at Basilico's, this ridiculous uh, Italian restaurant on Huntington Beach that became infamous for not allowing customers to wear masks and for um, only allowing you yourself in if you can prove you are not vaccinated. And I went in there with hidden cameras and was undercover and was talking to these people that espoused insane views. I mean, a mother that was there with her child who had never received any vaccinations and they lied to their doctors about it. And there with, with a woman who, 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 who said – when they say the science, if it was just the science, why would there be so many fields within it? Like something with multidisciplines disproves that it's a, it's a serious thing. And um, I said to them, I think it's amazing you, you guys put your foot down um, for freedom and say, we're not going to care about this deadly virus that could kill all of us. And then at the end, I shift and I become the guy that I am, someone who will follow science and believes that. There's not a conspiracy theory. Just we just want to stop dying. And I put my mask on, and they rip it off of my face, and rip it off the face of my cameraman who, who had who had spy glasses on, and um, threw me physically out of the restaurant. Maz, I know you and Katrina both saw it. What are your thoughts about this place we are in? You now saw it up close. I went into the belly of the beast and showed you the mindset of these people when they're not posting online when they think they are speaking freely. What can we do to turn this around? How can we? Well, think? first of all, Ben, everyone should see the video. Ben, you are now a, a, a groundbreaking undercover. You're like the Geraldo Rivera of comedians. You, <laughs> punked, you punk David Beckham and then you go punk Basilico's. Um, but yeah, I was I was nervous for you. I was like, what's he doing in there? Um, first of all, when did the word, because a lot of people go, it's my freedom, freedom, freedom. When did the word freedom become synonymous with stupidity? Yes. It's it's like like you just said, every listen, they're getting their information from who knows where. Everyone's got a friend who's got a thing and a Facebook page. So you just made me remember even there was a moment there. And this kind of has been forgotten. There's a moment there where Kellyanne Conway and Trump both at some point were were um, were skeptical of that was a weird timing for the left was skeptical of COVID-19. And they both at one point, I remember them saying, COVID-19, what happened? To, where, where did it come from? Where's COVID-18 and COVID-17 and COVID-60? They just made it up. <laughs> you remember that? They actually said that. They actually were claiming that COVID-19 is such a, a an invention that the, where's the other 17 or 18 that came before it? Not Which to be like, that came yeah, before. It, 
Yeah, it's the like, date, that's right? Not a hypothesis. That's a Seinfeld bit. Like that's not in a real way to question science is to like make something that abstract. Yeah, yeah. So they so they so these people now take a lot of these stupid crazy claims and they, you know, they bring it to you and and how, you know, how do you know about the science this science that and I, you know, I feel like with the vaccines, I feel like we had a a class assignment and most of us started doing it and a handful were in the corner just picking their noses. And I'm like, stop picking your noses. We got to finish the assignment. And they didn't finish the assignment. And I was so excited. I thought touring was going to start. I thought I'd be performing with people and not have to worry about this. Now I'm going to states like Texas and Florida and I'm going, why am I here? This is crazy. So here we are. Yes, you tweeted that you should rename your tour the Hotspot Tour, and I don't disagree. Yeah. (laughs) This is definitely, like, vaccines do feel like summer reading, uh, and not (laughs) everyone's going to do it. Uh, I feel like I've gone to some shows or been on some shows that were the opposite, where they're vax card only, and there's a lot of people, like, having issues with that, but... Um, they're all outside. So (laughs) I don't think anyone inside is really worried about it. And I kind of, um, especially right now, I feel like we've had it for so long, like in terms of people still waiting on the vaccine in other countries, all this stuff. It's like, dude, if you don't want to get it, I'm, I'm moving on. Like, We've had so much time, not that I want to be impatient with people's learning curve and like not being an early adopter. Like I understand that everyone's not going to like jump on the train immediately. Some people need more information. Some people can't for whatever reasons. But if you're just going to be like, I'm never taking this, fine. Like moving on. There are other people on this globe, believe it or not, that are waiting for you to try to be as healthy as you can. So if you're not going to do it, I'm done. I'm done waiting on people um and i understand that we have like globally like you're saying Ma's even bigger shows and things like that it's like i think that we are way past people be having the patience to shut down again and even if it's just us going vaxxed and unvaxxed on buildings for a while like i think people as like winter comes even here in LA where outdoor shows are just way more viable for way longer. Like people are just going to adapt in the ways that they adapt, but I'm beyond exhausted with having conversations with people about like you're saying, uh, sending me random IG videos of people like, you know, you can buy a lab coat on Amazon, right? (laughs) That's just someone with a lab coat and a green screen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah people in these videos like i'm yeah. i <laughs> that's that's what is that's what i don't understand is that again we're just so on on different pages as a society and i don't know what to do i don't know exactly what the solution is because we're stuck in this place where we don't have a joint reality we don't have a, a common way to see anything and so we just keep going in circles where people think Oh, did you see this article that says vaccines are dangerous and it's from centipede.com? That's not a news source. That's a that's a creepy video. So <laughs> at my wit's end with like you're saying just on mass uh information because everyone at this point can pick and choose their data. 
So if you search something, you will just click and feel the cognitive dissonance of an article saying something you don't like until you find one that fits nice and snug and that's what you share. So like if that's the reality we're working in, like you can still say weird things like grandpa would have wanted to die this way. Like if that is where you're coping, cool dude like that's why i'm keeping my mask on because i well, the, hear other people and this is a wild but mass said like we need mental health care like yeah. there is on a very low level like no joke you being able to have the mental capability like the ev- evolved brain enough to either question or not question something or even know within you that you're reacting off of fear or something else and being able to discern that helps you function better and we're dealing with a lot of people that don't have coping skills so the good news is the good news is ben as you know the fda approved the pfizer vaccine this week and what that allows us to do is you know a lot of these people who are complaining about you know my it's my body i can do whatever i want i'm gonna you know the the people that don't want to take it tend to also be the people who were i mean they were the ones who were saying, keep the businesses open, business this, business that. You know, they tend to be pro-capitalist, right? They tend to be – they want people to be able to uh, have a choice uh, when they have a business to stay open. So not to say they're not going to see their own hypocrisy when this happens, but the fact is now businesses can choose to say, you don't have a vaccine, no vaccine card, don't come in. A lot of comedy clubs are starting to do this. I think that's fantastic. That's the country we live in. We ultimately live in a capitalistic society. A lot of my friends on the right who always worry about, oh, we're going to become socialist and we're going to become communist. I go, look, we are ultimately a capitalistic society. If you don't believe me, then who was it that that, that first uh, instigated the first lockdown? It was the NBA. It wasn't the government. It was the NBA going, we're not playing any more games because this thing's starting to spread. And then we shut it down. Similarly. Government tried to stop Trump two, three times with impeachments. Didn't happen. Who finally stopped him? Twitter. Who, you know, or I should say, you know, decreased it. Uh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, private companies. So now we have private companies can make a choice. You're the person who's been saying like, oh, it's my choice. It's my. And okay, and the companies can do what they want. So if Delta Airlines says you need to wear a mask or you need to be vaccinated to get on our flight or you need to be vaccinated to work for us, that's it. And then similarly, Going to I had a friend of mine talking about this who was like, you know, he's like, I'm skeptical about the vaccines and the vaccine card and all that stuff. I go, listen, private companies can do whatever the hell they want. Restaurant, no shirt, no business. Right. So similarly, no vax. You don't work for me. Number one, because I want to protect my employees. Secondly, if the government in different states start to say with school districts, you got to be vaccinated, you got to be vaccinated. That's the law of that state. Again, again, a lot of people that are these independent types are very much about states' rights. So if a state or a district or a city or a whatever decides to implement that law, then you have two choices. You either abide by the law or you break that law and get caught for it and pay the fines or you stay the hell home. Just stay home and, you know, sure. stay away from me too. That's fantastic. Don't come. Sure. That's yeah, I agree with you largely. I, I, I personally don't like the idea of states and governments mandating vaccines except when it comes to schools i think keeping kids safe and children who 
don't necessarily have the abilities to, to, to make decisions for themselves and whose parents don't for them, as we clearly see, and can spread disease very easily. We need to take care of inoculations for children. But, but Ben, I, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Ben, sorry, to, Ben, Ben, yeah. sorry to interrupt. I, I don't think states are saying they're not mandating every right. citizen, but they're saying state workers. If you're working for the government oh, now, on your yeah. employer. So it's a similar thing. Those are the mandates exactly. that are coming through. There has not been a mandate of like every oh, American sure. needs to get it or you'll get it fine. You know, that's what I'm saying. So that's my point. That's why I think this is such an overblown thing is we don't we're, t- we're talking past each other so often nobody is mandating that you get it the government's not holding you down and, and jabbing something in your arm they're saying if you want to work for us you got to get jabbed if you want to go to certain private businesses like you said they can choose that just like a restaurant can choose to not want people wearing masks in their restaurant even though that is of course very different because i'm protecting myself and not putting anybody else at risk and i did that to show the irony and the hypocrisy of them claiming to stand for freedom but then when i put on a mask to protect myself my freedom is gone and they rip it off my face and get in my face and breathe aerosols right in my mouth but sort of attempted murder if you think about it that's what i was trying to expose but yeah they can say we don't want vaccinated people here and that's their right too and I can go infiltrate it as well. And that's my right as well until they kick me out. And that's their right also. But we're talking past each other. We are not saying you have to get vaccinated. We're saying we need you to please do this for the greater good of society so we can hopefully get some sort of, of immunity from this situation and not be locked down forever. And it's these obstinate people that are just trying to make, again, political points on everything, just like the Republicans in Congress making political points with Afghan refugees' lives instead of actually caring about the human being behind it. And that's so often where we falter is where we don't actually have a way to to just get on a page together as a society anymore. And that's the biggest thing that I think Fox News sort of created this monster of and Trump cemented for four years in, into our society is this righteous indignation of the of the idiots. And that's well, a giant problem. I so there in Florida right now, you're seeing a combination of what you're both talking about, where DeSantis was basically saying that he was going to keep the salaries of any of the um, uh, school uh, district leaders that made mass mandates for their children. And so all these individual districts are just saying, you don't have to pay me because I'm not putting the children in my district at risk. So I think that like even within the states, and what their powers are, you're seeing people kind of have a conflict of what they think their responsibility is to other people or who they're beholden to and kind of those opinions being at odds. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And so I don't know that we're going to solve it, but I will ask for my uh, fireside questions. I'm sorry, fireside answers segment. I would like to know you in the audience what your thoughts are. If you have an answer to this question, please let me know what you think the way out of this bifurcation is. How do we come together when we are on such different pages as a society? I would love to hear from some of you. Um, so please uh, chime in, raise your hand if you want to speak, and we will take a, a comment from a few of you to answer that question before we get to that. And then um, if our producers could please invite on stage anybody who, who raises their uh, their uh, microphone hand to answer that question, I would love to know the answer. But in the meantime, let's get some plugs out of the way really quickly as well. Maz, tell us where we can find you, follow you. What are you up to? 
at Maz Jobrani across the board. I am touring currently, be in Vegas for Labor Day weekend, going to be in Detroit, going to be in uh, Minneapolis, Chicago, uh, Boston. So it's all at mazjobrani.com. And uh, just posting videos. I got my podcast, Back to School with Maz Jobrani. Follow me there. And uh, I'm going to be doing uh, some of that stuff here on Fireside as well. So follow me on Fireside. And uh, that's it, man. I'm putting as much stuff out as I can. I love that. You are. I've done your podcast. It's a fantastic podcast. You learn a lot on it as well. Uh, Katrina Davis, where can we do all the things to find all the things? Oh, um, you can follow me at Katrina Savad. Um, it's just Davis backwards, S-I-V-A-D. And that's my Instagram, my Twitter, and my website and everything. Um, and I do a show called Valley Girl every third Sunday that you can also watch online or if you live in L.A. in real life. I love hey, uh, that. Katrina, I think Savad, Savad in Farsi would mean um, uh, either it's it, it means uh, education, so oh you're like Katrina that. educated education. I like that. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. Um, for me, uh, you can follow me at Ben Glebe on all the platforms and go to BenGlebe.com for tickets to all of my live shows, whether in person or virtual in person. I'm coming to Simi Valley on September 4th. End of the month, I'll be in D.C., Washington, D.C. at the Comedy Loft and coming to Phoenix and Vancouver after that. Um and doing virtual shows all the time. September the 11th, I will be with Greg Proops doing my monthly virtual show with him. Greg and Glebe, it's a G thing where we improvise the whole show. I do my weekly virtual show, Glebe off the top, crowd work and improvise madness at Nowhere Comedy Club. Still doing the virtual strong. Um, you can get tickets to it at NowhereComedyClub.com. Come be part of our Mad Ones town. Join the Mad Ones. It is a very fun, always completely different show. We're electing a new mayor out of our audience this week, and you can get tickets to virtual shows from many comedians at NowhereComedyClub.com. You can see a full comedy club experience from the, from the comfort of your own home through Zoom. It's pretty fun. It's an amazing thing that we've been doing for the last year plus, and also I host the Social Distancing Social Club three or four times a week. Um, with Steve Hofstetter, Chris Bowers, Rachel Gallagher, and on Wednesdays, Jody Sweeten, who we all know and love from Full House as Stephanie Tanner, and link to that at sdscshow.com. So please do all of those things and follow all the things, and subscribe to this podcast, Last Week on Earth, wherever you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Do we have any people that have comments as to... Um, the question, how do we bring ourselves together as a society? What can we do? Um, anybody currently on stage, please feel free and chime in. And uh, if you're in the audience, I will bring you up if you uh, request to speak. Well, I And we can't raise our hand when we're on stage. Please tell me your, your, your thoughts. How right. are you, Ben and Maz? Yeah, so I've been actually working in public health communications for the last four years. And at the height of the COVID pandemic, we had um, an assumption that we could approach people with facts and information from a place of empathy. And we were wrong. Um, we, did not, we were so wrong. Um, the whole wow. idea of we're in this together, um, especially, by the way, amongst our more, quote unquote, religious communities where we figured the messaging was going to make sense. Like, hey, we got to pull on the same rope here. Love thy neighbor. And that fell absolutely, completely flat. So what we have learned is there's a significant population of people within this population that aren't interested in facts. As a matter of fact, they will double down on their assertions that this is all crap 
if you try to approach with facts. So that's not working. And we also know that we have this overarching lack of faith in government institutions, the marginalization, the marginalization of experts that occurred from number 45 um, that was very effective. And so we're facing kind of a new day right now. And we need different stakeholders. And that's why we're trying to hit more local communities. We're local community stakeholders. So that, you know, if you're in a if you're in a diverse community, you have someone who looks like them, where they can see themselves, someone who's respected locally in their community, who start translating these messages. Um, there's some marketing agencies that have come up with some really new, uh, compelling, interesting ways, I think, of communicating. We're going to this crowd of people who are all about like anger and violence, where we sort of try to figure out a way to say, look, we are all in this together. That's bad. And we need to slay it together. So pulling in some more of those languages that have to do with weapons. I mean, this is where we're at, guys. So the truth of the matter is we're, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. So this pandemic uh, is going to be a case, I think, where historians and scientists get together in 20 years to start writing the history books so we can explain why we were in a five-year pandemic that should have never been five years. Mm. So we'll see what happens. But thanks for You're great. That was fantastic. I think, like you said, we got to, we got to, uh, we got to figure out how to get the religious types to do it, Ben. What are we going to do? Could we write a could we write a, a a thing into the Bible, like the little story of how like Jesus, if he'd been vaccinated, um, he <laughs> he wouldn't have. I don't know. I'm back. You're muted, Ben. Ben, you're muted. I thought I was muted. muted. You're muted, Ben. Sorry about that. The app kicked me out for a second and I'm back now. Um, but I heard most of Stephanie's answer. We probably could slip things into the Bible since we know these faux religious people haven't read it. So they just, they just quote their selective passages. That's one way. I mean, I do think, Stephanie, it's very smart to be able to speak directly to the people that hold sway within these communities. But I also think that at some point, we pretty much now we need to stop trying to win the information war, like you say, it doesn't work. The winning the compassion war, that doesn't work. We need to start making things up and speak in their language. We need to start saying things like, oh, if you want to keep Biden's COVID, keep Biden's COVID out of your lungs, make sure that you get this vaccine. Get the Trump vaccine to keep Biden's COVID away. Maybe that would do the trick. We have to, we have to be crafty about it. Katrina. I've just been kind of uh, into, at least on an individual basis, just putting my money where my mouth is, where like I have a lot of family members that I'm sure ev- like pretty much everyone on this show will know about the past paranoias of the Black community and medical um, issues. So I have, I mean, most of my family isn't vaccinated. Uh, so a lot of my, if I sounded insensitive earlier, came from a place of just exhaustion. Um, but I kind of just talk to them about stuff and they say things back that I do think sound in like very preposterous, but they will look at me with a straight face and tell me the things that they're afraid of with the vaccine. And all I can be like, say is like, well, it's in my body now. So y'all <laughs> die. Like, I'll let you know, but you know, I'm out. So even if I'm just a living example of, oh, well, Trina got it and she didn't turn into an alien yet and whatever that looks like, but I'm glad Stephanie was on here to talk. It made me feel a little bit better. Yes, and I can say <laughs> that even when you do become an alien, I've become an alien from the vaccine already, and it's not bad. You get to fly, your tongue gets longer. So there's a lot of positives also. Ben and I are taking different approaches to our community. We are. 
vaccine. Yes, we are. Yes, we ben, are. I'm just I got abducting the- my family members that have not come on board. Yes, Maz. Ben, I got the vaccine and I had an erection for five days. Um, that was, but then I realized it was because I, I took Cialis as well. So it said, call your, do- you know, it says call your doctor if you have an erection for five days. That's a, yes. a lot of comedians. A lot of comedians do that joke. They go, I'm not, I'm not I'm calling, calling my doctor. Everybody. I'm calling my, calling everybody. Hey. Yeah. Say that for real though, that it made them bonkers horny. No one seems to really. Get it. Yes, <laughs> I did not get that effect. People, I mean, I didn't either. I, I just slept a bunch, but man, some other people really had it going for them. I did a tweet. <laughs> I did a tweet. I was, I did a tweet that I was kind of proud of. I said, uh, my wife and I both got the vaccine, and it's been great for our sex lives because we're both still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Maz that you took Cialis instead of Viagra because you didn't want to double down on Pfizer. You wanted to diversify your pharmaceuticals, and that's always a smart move. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So, just like Ma said. <laughs> yes. Tam, please. Um, my only suggestion to y'all about the whole Bible thing is see if you can license Trump's name to put on it. Because I think if you distribute <laughs> the Trump, James, the Trump version Bible, <laughs> you will... Wait. Did he, far did, more he or did he not get booed for mentioning the vaccine earlier? This I know, but I'm he saying got you got you got to put it in the Bible and put his yeah. name on it, and I think you'll get some traction there. And this is what we do. We hire we hired James Caviezel, 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 whatever that guy's name is. Who I think, by the way, is a nut job too. We hire him to play Jesus again, and he shows up at the churches with the vaccine and vaccinates people. There you go. Uh, that's not a we bad a idea. Plan. I love it. Tam, you're a nurse, so can you tell us quickly, what is your strategy for dealing with people who are, are living in this misinformation world? How do you get them to calm down and listen to what you say as a medical professional? Oh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat Stephanie's in. A lot of the tactics that we've tried, you know, the, the trying to relate, the compassion, the, the whatever, hasn't really worked very well. Um, I did have a young man um, that was telling me, you know, he didn't plan on getting the vaccine. And he's, he's, he's still on the fence about it. He is considering it. So I give him points for that. And he is from the African-American community. And so I decided to point him in the direction of a gentleman on Instagram named his account is Drew Comments. And he is an African-American male. And he has some wonderful content and discusses why he got the vaccine, why it's safe to get the vaccine, just really broke it down beautifully. And so I felt like maybe if it was someone that looked like him, like Katrina said, somebody that looks like you or Stephanie said, someone that looks like you speaking to you may have more of an impact. So maybe we do need to, you know, really play up those folks who've been anti-vax who are saying now, no, let's get this. Let's let, we've got to do this. The, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, get those voices out more. To me. What's that account called again? His name is, it's called Drew Comments. D-R-E-W Comments. Comments. Love it. Thank you, Tam, for chiming in with that. I appreciate it. It's nice to have people here who have these different perspectives on such an urgent thing. So we have only a couple of minutes left. I would like to take my two guests through a a, uh, thunder round, as it were, because you can't hear lightning. And we're going to just get your quick takes on a few of these remaining topics, and we'll end this puppy with a bang, and not a literal one, because we're still in a virtual world, unfortunately. That's how it works. Okay, so jump in as you feel appropriate. J-Lo and Ben Affleck (laughs) together, Benifer reunited. 
Oh my goodness. I mean, I feel like it is escapism because I don't know why someone's rebound matters this much other than nostalgia. I think that people want to go back to when this is <laughs> It's just like mashing people's names together that met on set. And now that's just all we're focused on. I think it's just people wanting to think like go back to when that was like the most relevant thing to discuss. Yes. And people probably don't mind imagining Ben Affleck and JLo mashing themselves together. So that helps. Get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, I, I'm always, you know what I feel like? Like, I, I don't know if you guys had this. I had some friends in high school who would date different people and I never thought that they would end up together and then they ended up together. And then I'm like, oh, wow, I should have, I, I didn't know she like she would have liked him. Maybe I should have tried. So, when I, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm left out. Like, I feel like, like people are like, they're just bouncing around all over the place. And I go, what happened to like stability and staying with somebody? It just, it feels like there's an orgy going on at the top and uh, we're just here watching. And I, I don't know if I'd want that. I'm just saying, sometimes I go, how do they just bounce around from right. one Jennifer to the next, from one Ben to the other? And I mean, it's just. It's hard to keep track of this. And it makes it, it makes their heart seem cold. I'm in favor of the relationship, but but I, I didn't like when I heard th- last week that, that J-Lo erased A-Rod from her Instagram. Why do people have to pretend these people didn't exist? That was your life and a love that spent holidays with your family for years. Why not just let that live? Why pretend it didn't exist? I don't understand. When you scroll back every time, maybe... Um, and also Who scrolls maybe- back. Who got time to scroll back? I'm a scroll forward kind of person. <laughs> that, that's really a good mantra for life. It's just to scroll forward. Um, scroll forward. But no, I think Maz also has a good point about just like the fishbowl aspect of looking into the like lifestyles of the elite. Where like I wish I could like rebound from a breakup on a yacht. Like that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> Do it yes. personally, but I get it. Which brings to mind The Bachelorette. I was obsessed. I don't know if you guys watched. I'm torn between Team Katie and Team Greg. When Greg left at the end, he's like, this is, I don't care about the show. Tell me that you love me. Tell me that you care about me and I'll stay. And she's like, I, you're in my top one or two right now. And he's like, I want emotion. Hilarious. <laughs> I don't I I've always found this show very interesting because I can't imagine even getting down to like but I can't serial date that way. So I can't imagine having real feelings for that many people, even when they're like, you know, four weeks out from the finale. I already think it's weird. So like, right. yeah, that sounds insane to me. <laughs> the last time, yeah, the, the last time I had a list of people that I liked, I think it was sixth grade. I was like, all right. Not, and by the way, I, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I got a chance with any of them. I was just like, okay, if, if it were to happen, it would go, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, Stephanie, then <laughs> I've been a monogamous loser my whole life. Just being like, just my one crush forever. <laughs> Look, I've, I've, I've been there where I've dated multiple people at once back in the day in early phases before you have to commit to anybody. And I, I had to keep notes on, on what fact about what person's life was what. Because I'd be like, you said you are from Montana. And they're like, no, no, I'm from. Ben. Yeah, it's not ideal. So, I mean, I only messed up once or twice, but. I had to give up that life. It was just too challenging to, to do. I, I never say you know something. <laughs> I what? 
sometimes you can tell when someone's doing that that way. Yeah. Like, they're like, didn't you say you like figure skating? And you're like, that was someone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also just how weird the Bachelor whole franchise is, is literally a day or two after Greg left her, who she was clearly the most into, then Blake's the one left and she – gets engaged he asks her to marry him and i see headline a week later i don't know if we would have made it if he didn't propose to me really so this love you moved on to a day later that now you're sure you're gonna spend your life with if he didn't propose after a day of you being exclusive your bond would have disappeared what a weak thin fake ass relationship i mean i think this point there are probably like real world is old enough that there are people old enough to just have possibly a different sense of love than I do. <laughs> Where that sounds real because that all sounds fake to me. That sounds like something that they would like pay Jay Wow to say because this is all like, you know, stuff that they paid them to do afterwards, but I'm trying to suspend <laughs> a belief where this is actually where these people think they're going to find love. Yeah. By the way, these shows, The Bachelorette, The This or That and That, whatever, where they meet each other and they got to get married in a week, it's kind of like this is age old. Like cultures have been doing arranged weddings for years and years where you don't see the person until you show up at the wedding. So this is kind of taking that concept yeah. and putting it into a game show form. So it's just Wrong recycling form. an old thing. That is a strong point. Okay, now we have three topics left. We're going to just literally get one sentence from each of you on these last topics before we close this puppy down. Bats, there's an article trying to bring bats back on the horizon after a year where they were blamed entirely for COVID and we had to deal with bats being demonized. There are people trying to bring bats back. Apparently there are big uh, uh pollinator of of plants that we need they have helped actually create mezcal tequila they help eat insects at a large rate they're one of the greatest eaters of insects bats are they done or do they have a chance with us still Mom. bats bats need to make a comeback we all have our time you know after september 11th it was the muslims they didn't want us around now that the now that the white now that the white insurrectionist terrorists have taken over, Muslims are back. We're hip. We're ready to go. Rami Youssef has a show. So bats are coming back. Rami. Love it. Katrina. Um, I want you to put me back on camera for a second just so I can show you um, how much I believe the bats will come back. There you go. Um, coming right now is oh, Katrina yeah. Davis with her bat resurgence. Maybe it's the animal that we need, that we Look, deserve. I love them. The fruit ones are really <laughs> adorable. Oh, here it is. Um, the fruit ones are really adorable, but also you can add, um, donate to bat conservatories and they will send you annual reports on bat updates and they all have names and it's great. You're holding Bat World Magazine for those listening yes. on just audio. Bat yes. World Magazine. And it gives you updates on all the different bats. You are one of my favorite people. That is incredible. Wow. This was named Agatha. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Instead of Jesus Christ, now I'm going to say Agatha Christie because that was 
I did not see that coming. And that was such a joke. I apologize. Okay, there's a roller coaster in Japan known for its super death acceleration with triple digit speeds. It gets to 112 miles per hour in 1.56 seconds. But apparently there are four to six people, I'm not seeing the number in front of me, four to six people who have broken bones. They've fractured parts of their spine and neck. Have we gone too far with amusement park rides? Katrina. Oh my God. Here's the thing. I know that humans are flawed because that sounds terrifying, but would I get on it? <laughs> Maybe. <You're right. laughs> Maybe. Mom. I mean, no, I'm not getting on it. And this, this like, you know, we all know the Japanese have the craziest game shows. It's like, you know, just Morimoto, you're crazy. That should be the new show. <laughs> We will be putting electrodes on your testicles while going to 112 miles per hour. And if you win, you get your choice of Bart Simpson plush dolls from the bottom level. <laughs> Only bottom level. <laughs> and our last story, there is a study on dishonesty that came out in 2012 from these respected researchers talking about how if you ask people to be honest before you give them a uh, – a survey or ask them questions, they're much more likely to be honest than if you ask them afterwards if they were honest. So if you ask them before, it can change the impact. It turns out that study was based on dishonest data. It was not real. It was uh. made up. No one's taking responsibility. <laughs> Katrina, you answer first. Do you believe in a study on dishonesty that is dishonest in itself of itself? Does that make it honest? I mean no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad because I was on board for that study, but it's fake. <laughs> I know. It, it, it sounds plausible. I want them to do a, a real one now. Is it impossible? <laughs> I don't know that it's impossible. Someone needs to do it. Maz, do you believe in dishonest studies about dishonesty? Gosh, that sounded like such a cool mind trick, like Obi-Wan Kenobi. These are not the droids you're looking for. Remember that? Like, <laughs> But uh, unfortunately... Um, <laughs> You know, I think Billy Joel can remake his song and just go, dishonesty is such a simple word, and just change it and make more money selling that song as dishonesty instead of honesty. Look, you have both shared a lot of opinions here today. Unfortunately, I don't know if I can trust you at all. The data might be flawed, but thank you for sharing your opinions. You guys are two of the greater people I know, two of the best comics I know. Please follow them both. Thank you all for joining us here on Fireside for this first time doing this podcast last week on Earth here. Should we do it again on Fireside? What do you guys think? Yes, yes. Okay, I love it. We will we will take it under strong consideration. Thank you so much for being here with us. And as always, until last week, next week, this has been Last Week on Earth. Last Week on Earth.